Today we are starting uh, a new sermon series uh, entitled The Pursuit of Wisdom. And this will be all based from the book of Proverbs. Uh, You know, Proverbs as a kid, when I read, I didn't understand most of it. And if, and if, you know, we are, I'm not going to say plagued, but when you read Proverbs, it's almost like reading riddles, right? If you don't understand it, what benefit have you gotten from it? Let me expand that a little bit better, because I know that some of you, when you open your Bibles... You read it, but you do not understand. I'm not too far off, am I? There are some things when we open our Bibles and we read and we're like, huh? What is he saying? So this morning, I want to start off with a couple of Proverbs. Some of them you may recognize. And I'm going to put a young man on the spot here. Dax, you play golf. Does practice make perfect? That's a proverb that we have in our English language, right? It's perfect practice makes perfect, right? Because you can practice wrong, you're going to perform wrong. All right, let's look at another proverb that we, we have. Um, look before you leap. Guilty. All right. Uh, how about this one? Beggars can't be choosers. But you can't what? But you get what you get. And don't throw a fit. Uh, somebody, somebody once said, uh, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Victor knows this one. Uh, you get what you get and you don't get upset. How about another one? Um, better safe than sorry. How about this one? Misery loves company. Misery loves company. How, how about this one? Beauty is only skin deep. Say again? You don't understand that one still? How about this one? Practice what you preach. Right? So these are, these are common proverbs that we have and, and, and idioms that we have in our, in our English language. Uh, and so this morning, I want to dive in into the book of Proverbs And today is going to seem a little bit more like a class. Let me just forewarn you. Okay? I pray I don't put you to sleep. But it's going to sound a little bit like a class because what we are going to go over today is going to set the foundation for the the other three sermons that we're going to start to get into today. Does that make sense? All right. So be patient with me, and if I see somebody yawning, I'll speak louder. 
All right. Let's get going. The book of Proverbs. Did you know that the book of Proverbs is... The what? Okay. Um, Andrew, could you just pull up the first slide, please? The book of Proverbs is, is broken down into several different categories. All right, that's not the one. It's the one that has all of the book of Proverbs in one slide. Yeah. So if we can go there, as that slide is loading, let me explain to you why it's divided. For those of you, there you go. For those of you that have a Bible with you, or you would like to take a snapshot of this slide, please do so. Because this is going to help you understand this book a little bit better. We are going to spend most of our time in this one here. So they're divided into seven sections, but you're like, wait a minute, Pastor, you only have seven titles there. Yes, so the first, the first section is the Proverbs of Solomon, son of King David of Israel. Well, Pastor, aren't they all from Solomon? No, they're not. They're not all from Solomon. However, we can see that Solomon wrote the majority of the book of Proverbs. You have words to the wise, and then you have this little section that sits in between words of the wise and Proverbs of King Solomon copied by the men of King Hezekiah. There's this, it's about four or five different verses, but it's just, I didn't have the space, but it's just more words of the wise, literally. Okay, and it's, and it's broken down into a different section. Then you have the words of Agur, son of Jacket, and then you have the words of King Lemuel's mother, chapter 31. Did you know that chapter 31 was written by a woman and not a man? That explains it. I think it makes it even more poignant when we have the perspective of a woman telling us what a woman really should be or act like or look like. It's not a man. Don't shoot the messenger. Okay? So we're going to be spending a lot of this of our time here on the very first 10 chapters. Why? Because it lays out the foundation for which the house. You know, when we were kids, we grew up with the, that little song, the wise man built his house upon a rock, right? So we're building a house, and that comes from here, this first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. So let's go to what we're talking about. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. We're going to stop. This is going to be interactive. Okay, I said it was going to be more like a classroom, uh, a class, rather than a, a, a full blown out sermon. But I would like to ask you to read together with me. Okay? Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 
6. 1 through 6. Here we go. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. Did y'all catch that? Some of it? So let's go back. Let's break this down. I'm going to ask you to think about these words and its significance and what it means. What does it mean to know wisdom and instruction? Somebody. To have knowledge, to have studied. Okay? You can know something, but do you really know it? No. So the word here to know is... Is, is not the, it's associated with the experiential knowledge to have obtained, okay, to know, to have knowledge, to have instruction. As I pondered and thought about this, this is what I came up with. It is to... Understand, it's the idea and concept of wisdom. To know it. So let's go, let's move on. Because these are infinitive verbs, right? To know, to perceive. And an infinitive verb usually is associated with an action. So what does it mean to perceive the words of understanding? What does perceive mean? To notice, discernment, to perceive, okay? How about this, the embodiment of wisdom? So you have the knowledge, but remember, just because you have knowledge doesn't mean you incorporate it, right? Now you have to perceive the words of understanding. When you perceive it, it means that you're looking and you understand it and you are observing it and you're taking it in. You are absorbing what is being shown to you. The embodiment of wisdom. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. What does that mean? know how to apply it so now not only do you know it not only have you embodied it you are now getting to a point where you can put it into practice remember practice what you preach is very familiar in 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 our setting right that proverb that idiom how about the next one to give prudence to the simple To guide others. Are you starting to see a connection that one thing is building on the other? 
is that there, are, there is a process of somebody acquiring wisdom. There is a process for which we learn how to become wise in God. There is a process that we have to go through. It's not just simply showing up Sabbath morning and say, hey, I'm a Christian. That don't work. And how about this one? To the young man, knowledge and discretion, and it continues. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Just because you know something, and just because you know that something is true, and just because you are living it, and just because you understand it, doesn't always mean you have to share it all the time. That's what discretion is. It's to be able to understand and the timing and the practice. You know, my son is very literal. And it comes from having a very mathematical mind. He likes exactness. He likes to... One plus one is two. Don't mess with that. Yesterday, as he was setting the table for dinner, I was sitting down, and he put the plate, and he centered it. And then he took the fork and placed it and put the knife and placed it and made sure there were the right distances from the plate. Then he took the cup and placed it and then went around the table and made sure that all the cups were placed in the same position at every place. And my daughter messed it all up. She took her cup, placed it on the opposite side, and it wrecked his world. <laughs> what are you doing? The cup's got to go on this side. I... When we, and just because he, that was what he was doing, he did not have the flexibility to understand that Maya was already seated and she moved the cup to the hand that is more dominant to her. There are times when we understand and we learn things, both spiritual and non-spiritual, that we become inflexible. We become a tyrant in order to meet the standard. And that tyranny causes separation. That's what this means, is to have an understanding of how to apply that truth, that proverb. So Solomon, as he's writing this, he says, listen, let me give you some clear instructions. You need to know it. You need to embody it. You need to understand it. You need to know when to apply it. 
Because there are some of us, and, and I wish when, you know, they said, have kids, it's going to be fun, they said. But the kids don't come with a manual. There's not a universal one manual for all. Every kid is different. You know, it's not like you go to Ikea and you, and you grab a piece of furniture and there's a manual and it's the same for all that furniture that comes with it, the same style. Kids don't function that way. And Christianity doesn't function that way either. Because we all come with our different perspectives. We all come with different religions, excuse me, not religions, or religious backgrounds if you were not sometimes before. We all come with our, our, our struggles of our everyday lives, and we all have different perspectives on how life should be. However, we are all at different levels of understanding. And because we're at different levels of understanding, we learn at different rates. And we apply these things at different rates. And this is where patience comes into play. Patience is one of the gifts of the Spirit, right? We'll talk about that later. And to understand the proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. Growing up, I used to hear my grandfather talk with his friends, and they would have these idioms and proverbs that they would talk and speak amongst each other. I had absolutely no clue what it meant. But, and when we are adults and we start talking about certain things, our kids look at us and say, what does that mean? Let me give you a clear example. A cassette player. How many of you know what that is or don't know what that is? Okay. A VCR. You may know, but you may, some of you may... There are some of you in here that may know what it is, but you may never seen it. Or how about a rotary dial phone? Okay. They all have the what? A party line. Or where you... How about where, where you, you press the hang... The, the, the hang a button. To, oh, hold on. I have another call coming. That was the original call waiting. All right? <laughs> call waiting, yeah. It, 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 that in and of itself. So there are things that we know and sometimes we speak of that our younger generation does not understand. And so it is also with spiritual truth. They don't understand. So to summarize all of this, let's look at it this way. The purpose of Proverbs is to know what wisdom is, 
to recognize it when you see it, to do wise things, keep growing, and remain anchored in God's word. You see, you're only as you learn Proverbs in the same way with God's word, there are aspects and, and, and places in the Bible that we may not know or you may not completely understand it. But it's only until you keep reading it and until you begin to get a glimpse and then you incorporate it and then you begin to live it is when you begin to grow. And then that's when you will start to understand and get a bigger perspective of what the Bible is talking about. The Bible in of itself says it very clearly. Precept. Upon precept. That is how we learn. That is how we grow understanding God's word. Andrew, I don't want this next slide, which is a copy of that big one. It's going to take long, but thank you. And so we move forward and we go into verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Respect. Let, but let me, let me, thank you. You guys are now defaulting to something you've been taught. Let me, let me counter that with this. Where do you see respect here? How? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What is the fear? You see, when we read Proverbs, Proverbs is also a poetic book. When you read poems, most of the time they're not literal. There is a hidden meaning or there is a way to read it. One of these ways is called parallelism. And within parallelism, there is synonymous and antithesis. Does that make sense? Synonymous means that you have two ideas that are congruent, they are the same, and so therefore it gives you a better and wider scope on the understanding of what the author is trying to convey. When it's an antithesis, you have something that is the opposite. What do you see here? Is it synonymous or is it antithesis? It's antithesis. How? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But we see here that the fools despise wisdom and instruction. There is a contrasting here difference that to fear God is to do be the opposite of what fools do. If fools are, in, are not listening, if fools are despising, if fools are not obeying, if fools are acting the fool and doing their own thing, they're not fearing God. Again, what does fear mean? Say again. Reverence. Okay. Scared, that's one way to put it. I think you guys are overthinking it. 
respect. No, you guys are overthinking it. Here. What is instruction? It's directions. If fools despise wisdom and instruction, then the fear of the Lord is to obey. That's what, Dave, what Solomon is saying here. Obedience is the result of fear, not in the being scared. In the overall arching scope of listening to God's instructions, wisdom is incorporating all those principles we just talked about. It has to do with something, okay, It's pointing us in a direction towards God. That's what wisdom is. Within this context of the book of Proverbs, Solomon is trying to point the reader to something that is in the direction of God. This will help us understand that a little bit better. When we are hearing God's wisdom... When we are heeding his instruction, when we are obeying the things that he has prescribed to us for us to do, we are moving in a direction towards God, to a closer relationship with God. Jesus himself said, if you love me, obey my commandments. He didn't say respect it. He said obey. Obedience is the result of you understanding and listening to God's instructions. That's called wisdom. How do I know this? And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. What wisdom is it? It's God's instructions. We are not told, we are not given exactly what Mary taught, but I guarantee you that Jesus was taught to honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not murder, steal, cheat, covet. To honor God above all things. To keep the Sabbath. He was taught all these things. These are, this is the Old Testament laws. The result of that was obedience. To become wise is to become obedient. Oh, pastor, I don't know. That's not what I always was taught. Well, that's okay. But when we're talking about wisdom within the context of the book of Proverbs, wisdom is always associated with obeying the instructions of your parents and of God. Always. To become wise is not to neglect the instructions of your father and your mother. To become wise is to actually obey those things. That's how you become wise. But did you know that he gives us an obstacle to wisdom? I don't have this on the screen. I'd like for you to turn there, please. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10.
10 and 19. So here's, here's a really good example of context. I'm going to read from the New King, New King James Version. It says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Well, duh. Right? Doesn't that make a whole lot of sense? If sinners entice you, don't consent. All right. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and and whole like those who go down to the pit. In other words, they want to kill somebody. That's what this is. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely, in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for grain, and it takes away the life of its owners. This, this proverb is describing the actions of a gang. But is it really? When we look at this and start to dig a little bit deeper, yes, we know that the, he opens up with, with the words, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Yes, that makes complete sense. Stay away from evil. Yeah. But what is the problem of this evil? It is very simple. What purpose were these evildoers, what were they doing? What were they trying to do? Get money. Why? Because they wanted it. Greed. They wanted to do something that, I just want to do it because I feel like it. Somebody once wrote, an indicting comment to a group of doctors who were acting the fool. And this is what it was, this is what she wrote. There are some who are not what the Lord would have them to be. They are abrupt and harsh and need the softening, subduing influence of the Holy God of the Spirit of God. It is never convenient to take up the cross and follow in the path of self-denial. And yet, this must be done. God wants all to have his grace and his spirit to make fragrant their life. Some are too independent, too self-sufficient, and, not, and do not counsel with others as they should. She's talking to a group of doctors whose job was to 
make people whole again, but they were too focused on the self-gain component of their job. And she's calling them back into a life of service that goes beyond their own self-gratification. You see, one of the detriments to wisdom is selfishness. When we begin to, oh, what's in it for me? Jesus himself said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him take and deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, when we get into the book of Proverbs, we are looking for something to help me to benefit me in my connection, in my walk with God. But in, in all of it, Solomon is, is trying to convey the idea that, listen, in order for you to become wise, you need to give up self. In order for you to fear the Lord, you need to give up self. You cannot be a wise man or woman, or young man or young woman, if you do not fear the Lord. If you do not deny yourself. If you want to do things the way you want to do things because the, the way you want to do, do things feel good to you, you are quickly going in the direction of folly. That's why it's important for us when we read the book of Proverbs to have a good understanding of what Solomon is trying to, to say. This morning, I want to close you with one simple question. Is your selfishness keeping you from moving in the direction of God? And whatever that selfishness is for you, it may be professional growth, it may be financial stability. It may be family stability. It may be you fill in the blank. If it is contradicting what God's instruction has been to you, that is getting in the way of you becoming a wise person. That is the purpose of what Solomon begins to talk about. That is why when you read the first, ten, first nine chapters, you have longer, long, longer Proverbs because it sets the scene for what's to come next. That's why we need to understand Proverbs. What's getting in the way of you moving towards God? What's keeping you from becoming a wise person? And God bless you.